Uh, he just peed on my couch. <gasps> we have to take a break. <laughs> business we've returned back and better than ever season yeah. two yeah <laughs> um i'm courtney and all i've been thinking about lately is tiana paris okay i don't know who that is i'm rhiannon and one thing i hate more than most other things is when people use whipped cream as frosting yeah. Just whipped cream. Not like whipped frosting. Like I'm whipped I cream. I'm not a big fan of that, but like it's fine. But like I just you know those like 5 minute craft videos or whatever <gasps> and they're like yeah. fun hacks and then they just like use whipped cream as frost like fuck you. No. Yeah. They love those little fucking 3D guns too. I think my dog is broken. Why? What are we doing now? Same thing! You probably have a ghost. That's why you keep staring at that same spot. You need to bring... You need to bring him to my apartment so that he can investigate and see if there are ghosts here. I think he's freaking out because in order to record, I have to have my AC turned off, which means it's much, much quieter in here than it usually is, and the dogs downstairs are barking, so I think he's like realizing that they exist. He's just realizing things. Yeah. 20, what is it? 2019, 18? 18, I think. Just a year of realizing things. Yeah. <laughs> his, his 15 weeks of realizing things. I love how you turn your air conditioner off. I have two fans running. I'm not turning them off for this because my apartment will literally go to 90 degrees in 30 seconds flat. Um, I was in my apartment with this hoodie. Um, I have this, like, king-size fleece blanket that I fold in half so that it's, like, twice the thickness. Um, because it's huge. And, you know, pants and my dog. And I was just, like, cold all bundled up watching the seri- series finale of Bones. Anyway, you look like you're melting. <laughs> I miss sleep. Haven't done that in a while. <laughs> And I literally went to work the other day, and they were like, how's it going? I was like, my skin's melting, and I think my bones are melting, too. It's been really hot. Anyway, um, we should probably give life updates, because some people are probably like, what's going on? Where have we been? Um, And if you followed us on Twitter, you would know, but you don't, so you're wondering. Yeah. All of you that are wondering, Um, let us... us Put your, put your little mind at ease. Yeah. So our last episode was our Tumblr episode. That's when we were in Jacksonville. Um, our little season time. finale, if you will. Yeah. Um, we were together for that one. We're back on FaceTime. We're back on our individual recordings now. I and think we, we is... will be for the foreseeable future. Yeah, I think this is only our second one. Yeah, this is only our second time doing it this way. So anyways, our last episode, I don't even remember when it was posted. Let me look so I can, like, give a date of the last time we actually checked in with people. 
I can tell you exactly when it was recorded. Yeah, when did we record it? That would probably make July no sense. 9th. Okay, so it's been almost two months. Yeah. So since July 9th, um, Rhiannon actually got her puppy. We recorded that episode the night before she got him. Him. Rhiannon, tell us about the man. Okay, so I don't remember if we talked about this before I got him, but his name is Hero. Most of it. I don't either. Um, I, his name is Hero. His name is officially Harrowbrine, um, which is a Minecraft thing because most of you probably don't get that. Um, but I call him Hero. He will be 15 weeks old tomorrow. And he is an asshole. <laughs> yeah. When it, Rhiannon and I send Snapchat videos back and forth, so, like, instead of just, like, calling each other or FaceTiming, like, normal people, because we're on extremely different schedules now, um, we just, we've really leaned into the Snapchat videos lately. And every fucking time Rhiannon sends me a video, if she's at home, at least once in the video, she's like, Hero! Cut it out! <laughs> Stop! Like, you fucking... can't chew on that! Yeah, he's just chewing on something. Usually her. Yeah. The man's he's... wild. He has two rows of teeth right now. He lost... So he had four four baby teeth, and then he was getting four adult teeth behind those. So he had two rows of those. He lost two of the baby teeth. So now he's, like, lopsided. He has two rows on one side, and one adult row on the other side. And... He's very freaked out by my apartment right now. He's just realizing things. New he's, sounds. He's losing. Hero. I need to get him, like, doggy headphones or some shit so that he can chill the fuck out. Yeah, it's a... It's gonna be a long recording for him. He'll make it. Eventually yeah, he'll, he'll pass out from the paranoia. Any better. He's, he is not quite old enough to get his rabies shot yet, so yeah. I can't take him to the dog park, which means the only way that I can let him just, like, run free is if I take him to my parents' house, which is an hour away. Um, so, at least once, but honestly, it happens usually twice a week, I drive over to where my parents live and let him play with my family dogs and run around in the backyard and... It's, like, the best thing ever, because he sleeps so well the next day. But until he gets his rabies shot, September 9th, <laughs> I'm counting down the days. Yeah. Because I can't, like, the, the best way I have to tire him out right now is sitting on, at the, like, my hallway goes, my whole apartment. So, sitting at, like, my front door, and then throwing a toy down the end of the hallway, and we just play fetch down the hallway for, like, an hour at a time. Can we lay down, honey? Hey. No, we cannot. He's still just... Hero, you're being weird. (laughs) Usually. Weird. So what's new with Courtney? Um, Courtney, you know, I feel comfortable saying this. This is a big enough area. I live in Minneapolis now, so I'm not in Wisconsin anymore. Rhiannon already knows this. She's obviously we we talk. Sometimes out we have conversations between the recordings. We only talk to each other while we're recording the podcast. Yep. We she actually hate each so other. So intrigued by your water. 
Rhiannon's, like, drinking out of one of those big bubbles with, like, a silicone straw in it, and Hero's like, can I get some? <laughs> Dude, it's just water. Here, ready? <laughs> he just drank <laughs> some of the water. We're best friends! <laughs> okay, sit. Um, anyway, that adorable weirdo. So I live in Minneapolis now. Um, I'm not at that job where I'm working with younger kids. I work in a group home now. That's a thing. So that's what I've mm-hmm. been up to. That's what I'm doing now. Um, I've reintroduced myself to Hinge. So far, not so good. <laughs> I haven't been impressed. Uh, yeah. I... I have, okay, so we live in drastically different places at this point. Yeah. Um, I live in a very rural town in northern-ish Wisconsin, um, and obviously Courtney's in Minneapolis. Okay, hold on. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I live in Minneapolis. Okay, honey, go over there and take a nap somewhere else. Thank you. Okay. Anywho, um, so I have, Courtney is banned from Tinder, but I have Tinder on my phone, um, not once since, (laughs) what is his problem? I don't know! (laughs) This is the real reason we haven't been recording, he's eating your headphone? (laughs) Hero! Rihanna has on one of those like gamer headsets with like the little mouthpiece on the front, and the man's is trying to gnaw on the microphone. Lay down. Lay down. Reminds me of those TikToks where people get those little baby microphones that you can plug into your iPhone. Yeah. And then they go up to the dog and they're like, "How are you feeling today?" And And the the dog's like, "Just like, yeah." They like (laughs) starts chewing on it. Yeah. We're gonna get some hero ASMR. Hero, I'm gonna have to. You're gonna have to edit this more than usual, probably. That's to fine. Just, all the time that I'm yelling at him to, because I don't know what is going on. You were asleep before we started recording. Go back to bed. Now you're. I'm like done with talking, it. And he's very intrigued. I'll create you if I have to. That's a threat. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, so I have Tinder on my phone, and mm-hmm. I have Tinder on my phone in Madison as well. Um. And in my whole time on Tinder in Madison, I only ever swiped right on, like, three or four people. Um, ever. Not once since moving to Marshfield have I even considered it. Like, literally, it's a fucking disaster here. <laughs> I I'm not like, surprised. I, like, I just, I, oh god, it's a mess. It's so terrible. Honestly, I've had a similar experience. Which is weird. Like, I thought that a lot of people would be on Hinge. Maybe I just need to do more research into, like, what dating apps people in Minneapolis use. But, like, compare... Okay, so Madison literally is, like, a quarter of a million people there. Minneapolis has over two million people. And I get to the point on Hinge where it has to start refreshing. Mm-hmm. Showing you the same people. Yeah. See, I get, I get the same people a lot, but I also get people from Madison. Here. Damn. Because there just aren't enough people to show me. <laughs> that they're like, they're like, here's this guy. He's pretty good. He's 130 miles away. 
They're like, are you sure you don't want to extend your radius even a little bit? <laughs> little fucking shark man. Can you lay the fuck down? I'm over it. Sit down. Sit. Sit. I'm going to have to pull out my man voice. Lay down. I yelled at him in front of um, one of my friends a couple of weekends ago. And she just goes, is that your, your scary man voice? <laughs> yeah, that's what I have to do when he's being naughty. Hero, I've had enough. Sit. Good boy, lay down. Not. Oh my god. Hero, go chew on your bisexual toy. Um, that's at my parents' house. Oh. Because he and Jack love to play with so it. so terrible. It's been there since I got him, basically. Exactly. <laughs> He and Jack love playing with that toy together. That's so cute. Which is why I just leave it there. Hero's homophobic, though. He is! Brandon told him to bark if he was homophobic on a video the other day, and he barked. Yeah, so I just got a couch. I had a futon before in my living room, and I bought the futon with the purpose of, like, okay, when I get a couch, I'll move the futon into my office. So... I got the couch, put it all together. It's here. It's great. Um, and then I moved the futon into my room and he or into my office and he followed me. And I have my pride flag and my bi flag are on the floor in my office right now because I haven't put them up yet. And he was chewing on them. And I was like, don't be homophobic, you dickwad. You don't... And then I sent a video, bark if you're homophobic. And he fucking barked. I blame myself. He's confused because he got the bi colors on his little toy, mm-hmm. and now he's like, well, that's the same color as my toy, so I'm supposed to chew on it. I it like chewing up. on bisexuals. He does. Most of the people he's chewed on have been bisexual. <laughs> oh, no. He's developing a taste for it. I guess that's not true. Most of my family is not bisexual, and he's chewed on just about everybody there. Oh, he doesn't discriminate. But many of my friends are bisexual, and he's chewed on all of them. So, bisexuals are disproportionately affected by hero chewing on people. What the fuck are you looking at, dude? (laughs) He's like, why are you laughing at me? This is serious, mom. I like how his legs are still too little for him to, like, really crawl up all the way. He was up there the other day on the back of, because the back of the couch is really thick, mm-hmm. and he was up there the other day just walking around. I'm like, you can't do that, because the second you get any bigger, you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah, you don't want to learn that now. Can you? Oh my god. Alright. Those are our life updates. That's what we've been up to for the last month. Yeah. And most of the reason why we haven't recorded, because I've basically just moved with like my sister and it was kind of a mess but yeah I do a lot of the I do all the editing and stuff so I just knew I didn't have time for that shit um so yeah that's that's like an explanation slash update so we're starting a new series today um I don't have a full list of all the people we're gonna do but it's kind of like a youtuber series slash kind of content creators in general because I guess the person we're talking about today like they started on Vine Mm -hmm. but I would I I consider them a YouTuber now 
Yeah. So it's kind of a combination of the two. Because mm-hmm. um, we, I'm sure we'll talk about other people who started on Vine and moved to YouTube, like Sarah Shower, because they deserve a whole episode about them. Yes. Anyway, so sure. we're going to start our series on YouTubers. Today we're going to talk about Gabby Hanna. I have a lot of notes. I researched it for several hours today just to like solidify what I already knew and get some more details. But we're going to take a deep dive into Gabby Hanna and start this series off. Um, yeah. Let's do it. So, um, I think we're going to take a break before we actually jump in. Um, so for our gag today, we're a little unorganized. So... We have the idea a while ago to try different versions of, like, Rice Krispie treats, but to change out the cereal that was in them. So Rhiannon bought, like, a giant mega pack of those, like, little single-serve cereal things on Amazon. There were two of each kind, so we each took half and then, like, made them, except we were sp- we weren't supposed to go on hiatus when we did. We were mm-hmm. supposed to do another episode before we went on hiatus, but it just didn't work out because I had a lot of shit go down in the last month or so. So Rhiannon made them a while ago and tried them. I made them today, <laughs> so I'll be trying them live. And then Rhiannon will be attempting to recall what they tasted like a month ago when she tried them. Yes. Also keep in mind that when I made them, so I made them the day that we were supposed to record the last episode before the hiatus that never happened um and then I wasn't sure if we were going to try to continue recording or like try to do the recording in the next couple of days so I just kept them made and covered on my counter um and then by the time I did eat them it was like a I'm gonna be throwing these away so I'm just gonna take a bite of each one before I throw it out and they were stale and not great so I will be talking about them more hypothetically <laughs> than I will be like, oh yeah, this is what it tasted like. This is what I remember. We'll see. Also, my dog is in his crate right now because he just peed on my couch. So you might hear him whining and barking in the background and you'll just have to deal with it. It's a little bitch boy. Yeah. Um, mine, mine are made today, but they're kind of on the opposite end, because, um, my new apartment doesn't have air conditioning in it, because it's old as shit. Um, so they didn't fully solidify like they're supposed to. So if you combine our reviews and average them out, that's probably what it would taste like. Probably, yeah. Alright, so I'm gonna do two now, and then we'll, I'll do two each break, and I'll just, like, tell you what they are before I take up. oh my god, they're so sticky. <laughs> I just, like, mixed them in the little bowls. That's what I did, too. Yeah, because that made the most sense. Okay, so the first one I have is the Apple Jacks. I could not resist taking a bite of some of these before I put the marshmallows in them, because I was like, oh, childhood. Uh, we didn't do Apple Jacks when I was a kid, so, like, I think this is maybe one of the first times I've had Apple Jacks was in this. And, like, it's fine. They're sweet. Like, like fruity sweet, but don't taste like anything really in particular. I don't know. It was fine. I don't think I, I never... would try it purposely. My dad liked Apple Jacks, I think, so we kept them around. But I never liked them. 
They're okay. Okay. The apple flavor is way overpowered by even just the marshmallow. It's like... Mm-hmm. doesn't really taste like much. No. There's like a weird warm aftertaste. Weird warm aftertaste. From the cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not a fan. I don't yeah. like that one. Yeah, I don't think I would purposely eat that. Mm-mm. I'm not going to rank them because I'm lazy. Yeah. I... My new, like method for how much I like things are like if somebody left it in the break room at work would I eat it would I make it myself or would I not touch it in the break room and honestly if somebody made that exact thing like a, a an apple jacks rice crispy I don't think I would eat it I don't think I would either I'd be like oh you went through all the work to bring a snack and it was that yeah, at least pick a better cereal. Yeah. So yeah, that one's pretty subpar. Alright, the next one I have are Frosted Flakes. Okay, well, she's eating that. When I made that one, first off, they were stale. Um, so eating this was like eating marshmallow-covered glass. It was terrible. <laughs> I was like stabbing myself in the mouth with like these shards of frosted flake that were like dried out it was so weird i was not i i did not like it very much Mm, i like the texture of it the flavor is basically the same as rice krispies because frosted flakes are insanely plain cereal yeah um reminds me of uh something my mom makes she makes like special k bars which are peanut butter bars so she'll buy like not frosted flakes like plain flakes and then she'll do it with like peanut butter and corn syrup mixed together like it's like the same process as making rice crispy treats let it lay out and then she'll melt chocolate and put it on top and let that harden that shit slap that was one of my favorite things she made when i was a kid so like i like the texture of it because flakes are good and stuff like that but okay flavor wise it's not taking me to Flavortown. All right, guy. <laughs> All right. So those are the first two. It's only going up from there because I have them in a very good order. Okay. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to y'all get into it. Yeah. jump right into it we're talking about gabby hannah today um Mm -hmm. there's a lot to unpack here obviously but i think we should start with the basic info about her a little a little background if you will yeah let's do that yeah it's a fun place to start (laughs) so her birthday yeah (laughs) her birthday is february 7th 1991 she is 30 years old, which is amazing, considering all of the stuff we're about to talk about <laughs> that she's done in the last few years. Keep that in mind. She's 30. She's, yeah. As far as... Oh. No, go ahead. Before we, before we get too far... Yeah. We should cover our asses real quick. Yeah. Um, somebody's a little 
this is a purely informative podcast i will be putting all of my resources in the links most of the resources are literally citing her saying things on the internet like they're citing her videos and her tweets there's one there's a whole section we're going to talk about an interview with her and anything that is not cited is probably our opinion. This is purely our opinion. Like, if I say, Gabby Hanna's fucking nuts, that's very much my opinion. And these are, this is all our opinions. Um, and I think that, for the most part, we are, we're very gracious about these things. Like, we're both very understanding people. So, mm-hmm. if we uh, make a statement like, oh, I don't know, someone's crazy... It's usually pretty backed up. Yeah. We usually have a little bit of reasoning for it. Yeah. So, um, let's, let's jump back into it. Freedom of speech. Hell yeah. So, she's 30. Um, when it comes to her birth chart, her big three, she's an Aquarius sun, which means she's weird. And she likes being weird. She obviously, like, capitalizes on being kind of weird. So that makes sense. She's a Scorpio moon, which means, like, emotionally, she treats her emotions like a Scorpio, which to me is, like, they're kind of bottled up and then they come out real strong, which also happens. And then she's a Sagittarius rising, which I think makes sense with her aesthetic. She's got, like, a bleached mullet right now, very, like, grungy style. She also, like, definitely plays into the Y2K style. When I think of Sagittarius style, it's Y2K. 100% like they're very fashion forward people so like the sad rising is very very prominent in her aesthetic so it's like that's like that she uh um just a little more things she grew up in Newcastle Pennsylvania for more context that's about there's about 20,000 people that live there so it's not a small town I think she describes it as a small town sometimes Brianna and I grew up in small towns and like, yeah. Like my small town was bigger than Rhiannon's small town, and it wasn't twenty k people; it was three. So mm-hmm. like, she didn't really grow up in a small town. She grew no. up in like a large town, really small city. Um, she went to. I think where I am now is about that size. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And we've got Target, Dunkin', Starbucks. Right. Like, all the fast food places. It's giving... Like, there's so many things. It's giving suburb. Yeah. So, that's where she grew up, in Pennsylvania. And then she went to the University of Pittsburgh and has a degree in psychology and communications. After she graduated, she was working for an advertising company. I'm pretty sure they had sold products out of Sam's Club. Um, interestingly enough, she left the company after realizing that it was a pyramid scheme. <laughs> which is super fun because we will talk about how she may or may not have scammed some of her followers in a little bit. So, All right. that's our background info, and like aside from her internet. Now we're going to get into her internet career overview before we start like deep diving into specific topics. So, Gabby Hanna ro- ro- rose to fame on Vine in 2013. She was one of the big Viners. Um... She garnered around 5 million followers, and at one point she was part of David Dobrik's vlog squad, so, like, she was very popular on Vine. Um, 
I tried to watch a Vine compilation of hers today. It was 43 minutes long. I will not be linking it. I made it about 12 minutes in because I really don't think her vines are funny. I definitely remember laughing at some of them when I was, like, in middle school, but now they're kind of cringy. So, um, mm-hmm. Rhiannon, what do you remember about Gabby Hanna's vines? Literally nothing at all because I didn't watch them. I, at the time. yeah, I didn't really remember them either before we jumped. I honestly forgot she was on Vine until I was, like, reading about her and I was like, oh, yeah, she was on Vine. She was very much in the, um, like I said, she was in David Dobrik's vlog squad. So she ran in the same circle as, like, David Dobrik, Jason Nash, Alex something is in a lot of her videos. Alex James. Yeah, Alex James. I really liked him. I think it's just because he was gay. So I was like, this Mm -hmm. is fun. (laughs) But yeah, she reminds, her vines remind me of, like, straight TikTok. Yeah. They're very hard to watch. Um, so. The very, like, sketch- like, they're very sketch. Yeah, they're not sketch, yeah. like, sketchy. But they're sketches. They're yeah. all planned. And, like, you can tell yeah. she workshops her ideas out, which is interesting. And I loved, like, for Vine, for me, was, like, you know, on TikTok you see, like, oh, this has Vine energy. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, somebody doing something stupid for five seconds. Yeah. And then at the end it's just, like, oh. And um, did you, like, a candid video? Yeah. Yeah. I was never a big fan of the, like, scripted... This is me trying to be funny, like, whatever. Yeah, I think the closest I got to scripts is when someone would, like, you can tell that they, like, wrote a joke, and they're basically just saying the joke. Like, Sarah Shower, like, theirs were very, like, you know, I thought of this joke, or I'm gonna reenact this thing that happened at work today. That was a lot of their yeah. content. Yeah. Um. So, like I said, I watched about 12 minutes of the compilation, and I'm gonna tell you about some of the vines that I saw in that 12 minutes. Just a lot of them, because they're only six seconds long. So 120 yeah, of them. I don't know how you made it that far. It was really hard. I actually thought I was a lot further in the video when I paused it. So the biggest thing that stuck out to me is that there's a lot of, like, pick-me energy. I think watching it now, I realize that a lot of her videos were, like, kind of geared towards women. Like, they talked about women-specific topics. Like, she talks about her body a lot. Um... And she makes a lot of, like, sexual jokes. Um, But they're definitely done, like, in the male gaze. Mm -hmm. So, a few examples. She did a lot of vines about dieting and her body and, like, body dysmorphia and, like, not liking her body. Which, mind you, Gabby Hanna is and has been, like, a thin woman. And, like, she's very much, like, the ideal of what women are supposed to look like, so to say. So, that was interesting to me. Not to say that skinny women can't have, like, body dysmorphia, because, like, that's mm-hmm. obviously a thing. But it was just, like, I don't know, it felt very put on. So, she had this one trend on Vine she did for a while where... So, every she'd post some sort of question. There would be, like, three or four rapid-fire responses, presumably from, like, other characters in the sketch. And then it would come back to her, who posed the question, being like, okay, damn, shit. So, like, for example, one of them was pretty much like, wow, what should my New Year's resolution be? And it was like, lose weight, get a boyfriend, go back to the gym. Okay, damn, shit. Like, that was her whole thing. That was, like, a whole, oh. a whole like, trend she was doing for a while. How funny. Every single one of the ones that I saw always had a comment about how she should lose weight or, like, stop mm-hmm. eating so much. 
it went beyond like you should be healthy and it was specific to like your body should Which, change. That was that continued to be a trend with her. So there was a period of time where I watched David Dobrik's vlogs, mm-hmm. not like as like a a fan, I wouldn't say. Like I wasn't watching it because I was like, I genuinely want to see what's going on with David and his friends. It was more of like a everybody else in my internet circle was watching and talking about them so I need to watch it so I know what's going on too um and that was like a a joke every time she was there David was making jokes about her body and making jokes about how she needed to be skinnier and lose weight and whatever so like I think that's just been like a pretty pretty common and pervasive point of comedy surrounding Gabby Hanna yeah which is very interesting um because we'll talk about in a little bit about how she gets a lot of comments online about her body still now um but it's in a little bit of a different context so that was one thing that kind of gave me pick me energy it was very like it always got tied to the idea of a romantic partner or like changing for the male gaze which is interesting um she's another one that i was like this is literally like sexual harassment or like sexual assault um like more like battery not like actually but like the idea behind it so it's a sketch where she's like me as a boss it was pretty much like an assistant popping in and being like hey I did this thing for you and then she's like wow I'm so grateful I could literally kiss you and the assistant's pretty much like haha no that's okay and then she's like no like I could actually kiss you and the assistant's like no that's all right and then she like gets really close to the camera and is like no let me kiss you and I was like Oh. That was a lot. Yeah. Oh. Not surprising. Let's unpack that. Are we... Do you have... Um, Jesse Smiles in that whole situation? Oh, yeah. In your notes? Oh, yeah. I did a ton of knowing, research on that today. Knowing what I know about Gabby Hanna and that situation, I'm not surprised... Yeah. ...that any of her comedy or her vines or her whatever surrounded around... or. Yeah, surrounded on sexual assault. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a thing. Um, I had another video here where I just wrote racism next to it. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, she made this one vine in particular, um, where she's wearing a sports bra and she's like filming herself from above, so you can tell she's wearing a sports bra, and she's like, "I love wearing." I love going for a run in my sports bra in black neighborhoods. And then you see her running on the sidewalk with the camera up again. And she says something like, I'm going to steal all your baby daddies. And then laughs. Which, like, I was unpacking. I had, that's when I stopped. That's when I was like, this is too much. I'm done. Um, what the? Yeah, fuck? I was unpacking it in my head because I was like, okay, so there's, like, a few things going on here. First of all, it's, like, overly sexualizing black men. And thinking that they have no self-control and they'll just, like, Mm -hmm. leave their families for some annoying-ass white woman running down the street in a sports bra. Just, yeah, just running in a bra. And that's, that's enough. That's all they need. Right. And it was also, like, she very intentionally used the phrase baby daddies, which literally any time a black man and a black woman have a kid together, 
the guy's automatically a baby daddy, even if they're, like, married or, like, in a really long-term stable relationship. And there's just such a connotation with baby daddy that further plays into her over-sexualization of them that will, like, drop everything. There's also this... Okay, so this is, like, a two-parted thought. So the fact that her comedy so much surrounds around the fact that she thinks she's fat Mm -hmm. or other people think she's fat and she needs to lose weight or whatever that that vine is put next to those yeah is just like black men love fat women like is that what we're saying or are we saying she's gonna be able to steal all their baby daddies because she's a white woman like what is her yeah why does she think she's stealing baby daddies in heavy quotes is it like what is what is it about her that she thinks is what's gonna attract them that's the other implication that like the mere sight of her just running past in a sports bra is more appealing to black men than the mother of their children and all that Mm -hmm. she has to offer Mm -hmm. yeah it was just like very very loaded vine which once again from everything we know about her now it's not surprising and, like, watching these now, these are all such red flags of, like, oh, my God, I can't believe that we let her get as famous as she did. Um, the other thing I was thinking about when I saw that is she makes a lot of other um, videos with black creators. Um, and they're always, like, sketches and stuff on Vine. And, like, it's always, like, a white person slipping up. And it's always interesting like there's one Mm -hmm. where she made a vine with a black woman and it's supposed to be like a sketch that's playing on that thing you do when you have a sibling and they're repeating you Mm -hmm. you know what I mean to annoy you so she's doing that so it's like the black woman says something Gabby says something and then she's like chasing after her the black woman says something Gabby says something to annoy her and the black woman stops and stares at her and says the n-word and then Gabby pauses for a second and then breathes in and you just hear her say the letter N to imply that she said the word. And then it cuts Jesus. to a shot of Gabby, like, passed out, being dragged on the ground. I fucking hate- what the It heck? was like, that was a lot, too. I was like, okay, I have so many thoughts about this, because it's obviously, like- the black creator obviously agreed to be in the video, but it was also on Gabby's account, so it was like, what's the power dynamic there? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't recognize the creator, so I was like, Gabby might have been a lot more popular than her, and been like, I have this idea, we should do it, and like, pressured her into it. Yeah, and like, if you're trying to get famous on Vine or any social media, and somebody who's a lot more famous than you is like, this is what, this is the Vine I want to make, if you don't agree with it, like we don't have to make it even if that's what they're saying like it it, you don't want to say no right there's such a power dynamic there if if gabby was a lot more popular than the other woman in the video um which like isn't to imply that the other woman didn't have any agency it's just like there's obviously a power struggle there and Mm -hmm. I don't know. A lot of these sketches are not looking good in retrospect. No, Mind you, like, our surprised. excuse, Rhiannonized excuse, whoever was enjoying this, who was in our age group, we were in middle school. I didn't have the critical thinking skills to be like, 
let me analyze the shit out of this six second video. I would just watch it and be like, oh, and then scroll. So, I think I was on the Vine equivalent of gay TikTok, you know? I don't think I was there because I was trying to stifle her so much. Sorry, I just got like the worst migraine. Oh my god. Just thinking about straight Courtney. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, so like, Vine was very much a thing that my sister and I did together. We would like send each other Vines and similar to how I do with TikTok, my liked page was finely curated. I I did not, I don't just like like everything. I, if I like something, I want to watch it again later. And I would regularly go through and clean out my likes and make sure that anything that wasn't funny to me wasn't in there anymore. Um, and I just, I didn't, I didn't see a lot of those the like skit type things and all that so I don't like I don't think I've seen I didn't know who Gabby Hanna was really until David's vlogs yeah I uh I was kind of similar I think I knew of her because of my sister honestly because even watching her vines today I was like okay like some of these trends I'm recognizing and maybe that's just because they were so popular that I probably ran into them at some point Mm -hmm. and like I said, my sister was probably on that part of uh, Vine, but I don't know. I didn't recognize a lot of them. A lot of them are also, like, similar formats, so as soon as you've seen one, you've kind of seen them all. So as I was watching more, it was probably like, okay, I feel like I've already seen this. But maybe mm-hmm. I hadn't before. So I don't know. But yeah, that was that was her Vine career. So... Um, then she starts foraying into YouTube. She actually started her YouTube before Vine shut down. She started her YouTube channel, The Gabby Show, in 2014. Vine shut down in 2016. Um, and I did watch some of her YouTube videos. I did not. Some of the, because I've always, I've always been really big into YouTube, Mm -hmm. um, which is why I probably have more to contribute to this, this content creator series than the other ones that we've or the other things we've done too but like her youtube videos were a lot of story times and let's i'm gonna tell this this really basic thing like we all have like bad roommate stories or whatever Mm -hmm. but then make it this like overly dramatic really long thing where i'm like i don't know telling this whole story and like the whole time so she'd tell this really dramatic story um and it would be, like, I don't know, like, a comedy thing is what she's going for. Like, she's trying to be funny. Um, and then at the end of it, she'd say, I don't like drama. I don't like being involved in drama, whatever. But, like, she's basically just a drama channel. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Based on, like, everything I've looked up about her today and scrolling through her channel a little bit, I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely build on that with some of the interviews with her, too, because it's very, like, what do you mean? These are middle school fucking bullies. Yeah! <laughs> high school, what does she say? She says high school or middle school? fucking bullies. Yes. Yeah, crazies. So, yeah, so she's on, she's on YouTube, she's doing the YouTube thing. Um, from there, she starts getting a lot of recognition. So she's nominated for some Teen Choice Awards, a lot of Streamy Awards. She ends up winning some. She does some, like, side gigs through YouTube. So she was on Dance Showdown one year with her partner, I believe. And then 
more recently she was on Escape the Night, which is like a murder mystery TV show starring YouTubers. Joey Graceffa. Yeah, it is Joey Graceffa's show. Um, yeah. We'll get into that later because there's some drama with that that's been going on recently. There sure is. Drama and I'm going to get heated. It's going to be good. Um, yes. She's also written poetry. Her first book came out in 2017 called Adult Adolescence, which is a very mm-hmm. millennial sounding title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her second book came out last year and it's called Dandelion. Um, I found out it was released on my birthday. Uh-huh. So I have to share a birthday with that. Um, another a fun fact I found, both of her poetry books were published and released by Simon & Schuster, which uh, they were recently in the news because they drafted book deals with former members of the Trump administration, including like Mike Pence, Kellyanne Conway, and it led to protests from their staff members because their staff was so mad that they did that. So Good. that's... That's a fun tie-in, kind of telling. Um, if you don't already know, Gabby Hanna also releases music and has been since 2017. Her <laughs> singles include Out Loud, Honestly, The Infamous Monster, and yeah. most recently a cover of You Oughta Know by Alanis Morissette, um, which, controversial opinion. That one doesn't suck as much as the other ones. It's not, like, great, but as far as, like, her singing voice goes, that's more in her range, so I hope she realizes she should stay low and not scream because of the infamous monster video. Never listened to it. Um, I have obviously listened to the monster video because it's iconic, and how could you not? Um, But I I haven't listened to anything else of hers. Yeah, You Ought to Know is actually decent. I will not be listening to Don't. it. I would rather just listen to it on Yeah, side. definitely do that. Um, <laughs> a note about this again that I found on the Wikipedia page she has. Um, Wikipedia literally notes how the acapella version of Monster and the Genius interview became a meme. Like, it's literally written on her <laughs> Wikipedia page. Also, she claims it was an audio glitch. That's why it sounded like that. Her Yeah, it is. It is an audio. It is. Because her voice got so obnoxiously loud that it blew out the main microphone and had to switch to the secondary microphone and then back to the first one. Yeah. So, like, her voice got, it was, like, her voice was just so bad and loud while it was doing it that it blew out the microphone. Yes. Like, it was an audio thing. But it was... But it was but, her yeah, fault. Yeah, I was gonna say, she makes it sound like it's not her fault. She makes it sound like it's, like, yeah. the tech's fault. No, it is not. It's very much your fault. You're the one screaming into the mic so loud that you broke it. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. yeah. So, her infamous monster meme. Um, additionally, she has two EPs that she's released. The first one is Two Way Mirror in 2019, and then the second one is Bad Karma in 2020. She's working on an album right now, which, as far as I know, the cover of You Wanna Know is from that album. She said it's supposed to be more, like, rock and punk. So we'll see how that is. And uh, additionally, she's been hosting, running a podcast since November of 2019. That being said, she has not posted a new episode since March of this year. uh, Presumably because of the multitude of scandals that have happened in the last six months or so 
Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of been no uh, that's kind of an overview of her internet career in addition to her like early life biography. Um we're gonna take another break. I'll try some more cereal. And then we're gonna get into a recent BuzzFeed article with or BuzzFeed interview with her. Um because I think it gives some really fun context before we talk about specific scandals. Okay. What rice krispies do we have? The first one I have is golden grams. Okay. Um, my mom bought these a lot when I was a kid because she liked them. I hated them. <laughs> I never had them as a cereal, also. Um, they were fine as a Rice Krispie treat. I mean, they're a little, like, too thick for it to to be right. They're not, like, light and airy enough. Oh, yeah, you're right. Like, the point of a Rice Krispie Treat is it's, like, this cohesive thing. This tastes like golden grams with marshmallow on top. Yeah. You know? Mm, it's okay. The flavor is better than I remember it being. Mm-hmm. But it has this weird, like, kind of burnt aftertaste that I don't like. Burnt. So it tastes like. So I'm not a big fan of those, but I think they're better than the Apple Jacks for sure. The other one I'm trying is Pops. Um, Ooh, I liked Pops I, for no reason. I begged my grandma to buy Pops for me when I was a kid, and I would stay at her house because I fucking love them. I have I I don't know why I liked Pops so much so much. None of my siblings did, so my mom never bought it because she like didn't think that I would eat it by myself or whatever. But Pops was the shit. I would like. Oh no. So like. School lunches were one dollar mm-hmm. for, or school breakfast was one dollar, um, and mom didn't let us get breakfast at the school. She's like, we have food at home if you want it. So I would like find a dollar and be like, yes, I can get breakfast, and like pay in cash to get school breakfast so I could eat pops. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of it in Rice Krispie no, Treats. I don't it doesn't like do what it it's supposed Krispie to do. Treats. The texture is not right. Yeah. I feel like I'm chewing packing peanuts. Yeah. It's much better with milk. Mm-hmm. Pops are so good. That was one of the ones yeah. that I had to, like, steal a couple out of before I yeah. made it. Cause it's been so long since I've had it, so I was like, oh my god, I have to eat this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to fucking get some Pops next time I go grocery shopping. I just bought, like, now a that, I forgot. giant value-sized bag of um, off-brand Captain Crunch. Yeah. From Walmart because that's my favorite when I'm like inebriated. I always forget that like I'm an adult now with like adult money mm-hmm. and I can buy the things that I didn't have as a or didn't get as a kid that I wanted to have. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I loved pops as a kid. I could never have them. Why don't I just buy some fucking pops? Literally. Grown ass woman. <laughs> but yeah, pops on their own. Fantastic. You should go out and eat them. Don't, don't make, don't make marshmallow treats out of them. No, just, they're not right. We're going to take another quick break, and then we will be back to dive into this BuzzFeed interview with Gabby. She was done up in leather. we still have a lot to get through so I thought before we would go through a little timeline of Gabby Hanna's scandals 
Um, I wanted to talk about this BuzzFeed interview um, from June of this year, June 4th of 2021, called Why Is Everyone So Mad at Gabby Hanna? Um, And it's an interview with Gabby herself. So this article, I read it as soon as I saw it in one of my social feeds um, because it intrigued me. And it was a wild ride from start to finish. So I thought, this is what I was like, we need to do episodes about YouTubers. So one note I'm going to make before I get into this, and it was just a little, like, researchy journalist thing that bugged the shit out of me. Because a lot of times, you know, when you're, like, researching something, if you're reading an article, you're going to, like, click on anything that's hyperlinked to go back to their their, uh, resource so you can, like, keep reading more, right? A bunch of the sources in this article are literally just links to Twitter searches. Like, at one point, they're talking about how, um, in one of Gabby's most recent scandals, she is called a rape apologist a lot on Twitter, um, which we'll get into that later. But, like, the source, you click on it, and it literally just pulls up a Twitter search for Gabby Hanna, rape apologist. And, like, that was their source. They were like, here, just scroll through it. Like, they didn't even pick out any tweets in particular. It was fucking funny. Not to say that, like, social media isn't a resource. I think social media totally should be a resource because it's, like, it's basically like a newspaper at this point. Like, you're getting people's Mm -hmm. opinions. Yeah. um, Live and unfiltered, which is even better. But I just thought it was fucking funny. So, anyway, um, these are my notes. Some of it is quotes. Some of it is just thoughts that I had. So, let's get into it. Um, as you know, in the beginning of most interviews, they'll, like, set the scene. They'll tell you a little bit about, like, where they're doing the interview at. Typically, it's in someone's home, um, or, like, a studio or something. So, it's at Gabby Hanna's home in LA, and they're describing the scene a little bit. And this fucking phrase made me laugh. It said, in the living room, which had a framed print of the word cunt written in cursive, sitting next to an emerald couch. And there's something about people who decorate, or particularly women who decorate with words that are, you know, typically used to, in an offensive manner against women, like cunt, bitch, whore. Mm-hmm. There's something about women who decorate using those words that hits different. There's an <laughs> energy there. And I think that's, like, such a good way for this uh, journalist to kind of set the tone of the interview here. So, um, they tell, they tell us readers that they eventually head to the room where, um, Hannah's getting ready, and she's having her makeup done and everything, and that's when they do the interview before the photo shoot that obviously goes along with the interview, right? And the journalist writes, we made awkward small talk for a few minutes before Hannah turned to us and said, okay, this is a question for the room. What's your most embarrassing moment? Like... She, she she literally was, like, the epitome of an Aquarius and was like, I don't want to make small talk. I want to have deep, like, very revealing personal Jesus conversations Christ. immediately. Which, like, once again, further setting the tone and telling us what we need to know about Gabby Hanna. Um, she wants to know your most embarrassing moment as soon as she meets you. Another fun comment um, is that her publicist was in the room and her publicist was brand new, like, had just started. Mm-hmm. And the journalist said the publicist at no point during the day would allow me to speak to Hannah alone. <laughs> oh, I mean, probably for the best. Yeah, so this publicist is on top of her shit. Because mind you, this is in June. 
So mm-hmm. Gabby's kind of in the thick of like two scandals at the time. Yeah. So it's not cute. Um, the journalist went on to describe Hannah as perennially online and eager to tell you everything that's ever happened to her. Which this journalist is just knocking it knocking it out of the park when it comes to describing <laughs> Gabby Hannah because it's like feels exactly how I want it to feel. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they're chatting about everything. It's mostly like the like I said, the article is about like the article is literally called "Why Is Everyone So Mad at Gabby Hannah." So a lot mm-hmm. of the stuff they're talking about is her scandals, um, and kind of like the journalist is basically like, "I want to know." why you keep responding to people why you keep doing what you're doing like how do you feel about it and at one point Gabby Hanna says who didn't I apologize to I gave Jesse Smiles an apology I gave Beyonce an apology it feels like I'm always dishing out apologies and never once received one and that to me feels a little chaotic chaotic Um, yeah I, I just wanted to know who's supposed to be apologizing to her um, because, at, like, say what you will about the Jesse Smiles situation, like, maybe, because they were going back and forth, maybe. But, like, the Beyonce thing, we'll get into that later, I'll, like, explain it more, but, like, she made a statement about Beyonce that was, like, very racist, and I was like, what does Beyonce have to apologize to you for? She was literally just minding her business, and you were talking shit about her on the internet. Also, I would say her saying she apologized to Jesse Smiles is... Is a stretch, a stretch especially in the beginning of june yeah like we're not even in the real bad stuff yet with the jesse smiles stuff yeah so i just wanted to know like who's supposed to be apologizing to you and i think that for her like she i think that when she says she apologizes to people i think it's a lot of like i'm sorry you felt that way or i'm Mm -hmm. sorry that what I'm sorry this is what happened and like it's like a quick thing it's not like a real genuine apology it's like well whatever I'm sorry um and then if somebody does that to her it doesn't count as an apology but when she does it to other people it does yeah for her so I think she's saying like I've been I've been apologizing and no one's apologized to me like okay did you really apologize right if we're using your standard of what an apology is then everybody has apologized to you right like you're barely apologizing and once again who the fuck is supposed to be apologizing to you? Where are these coming mm-hmm. from? Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was a quote that just stood out to me. Um, another thing that was mentioned, um, written in the article is, if people aren't taking shots at her in the comments of her TikTok videos, then they're making memes of her. Quote, I honestly just want to be left alone, Hannah said, but they just can't resist. Um, which is also interesting to me because I feel like she was victimizing herself or she sees herself as a victim mm-hmm. when it's not like, I mean, to some extent, I think that some of the memes are unfair, which I'll get into in a second. Um, but like, for the most part, people are responding to things she's done and she's said. So like, it's like she wants to exist in a world without any consequences which is very much not how the world works. No, but it feels right for her. It's on brand. Yeah, like, everything about this interview is like, okay, this is exactly how I expected this to go. So, there's another quote. Um, then we're getting back into a part of the article where the journalist is kind of just, like, musing about ideas and, like, 
talking about the scandals from their own point of view. And they kind of suggest that Gabby Hanna has been unable to bounce back from some of her scandals, presumably because she's a woman. Um, one of the examples they give is they basically say, like, Jake Paul has done a lot worse things than Gabby Hanna and still makes a ton of money and receives a ton of support and, like, attention. I wrote under this, this is a bad take. Um, <laughs> because I feel like we do this a lot with white women. Mm-hmm. We love being like, she's a woman, that's why she's not getting ahead. That's like, she's not bouncing back because she's an asshole. Like, yeah, I guess there is something to say about the fact that, like, Jake Paul has been bouncing back, and he's a man, um, and he's also an asshole, but the, 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 like, the fix to that isn't, oh, we should let Gabby Hanna bounce back, too. The fix to that is, like, don't let assholes in general bounce back. I think there's also different reasons. So, like, Gabby very much has, like, her content has aged with her Mm -hmm. so like her content isn't geared at teenagers as much anymore like as at like children as much and like especially now teenagers and young adults are like a lot less forgiving than small children and jake paul's entire like fan base is children like You don't see 20-somethings obsessed with Jake Paul and, like, watching all of his videos and buying his merch and whatever. So, like, I think there are more differences than Jake Paul's a man and Gabby Hanna's a woman. Yeah. That can explain some of the differences and how they're being received. I think adding on to that and backtracking is the difference between me watching Gabby Hanna's vines in 2013 and watching them now. Like... I was a child then, so I wasn't, like, seeing a lot of what was wrong with her content, but watching it now, it's like, oh, like, there's a lot wrong, and her content hasn't changed. Like, it's still the same shit, it's just, like, people are older and we're seeing it now for what it actually is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely had another point. Oh, the other thing about this whole part of the article that kind of made me mad is they were trying to, like, compare the severity of these things and I was like I don't like that because they were basically just comparing the one big bad Jake Paul thing from Japan that was Logan whatever one it was there was another Jake Paul thing then I don't remember what it was but they were like oh this is like a big bad thing that happened compared to all the things Gabby Hanna has done and I was like I don't like that we're trying to do math with these things like then they've done bad things it's like assigning point values and like right if you take if you take all the small things she's done <laughs> add them up you get 57 but if you take his one big thing you get 70 like yeah no. it was weird it was like that's not how that works once again the solution is not well gabby hannah should be allowed to bounce back because a man did the solution is like we shouldn't be letting assholes bounce back like this period Granted, I will give the journalists some credit because later they say, like, it's hardly a feminist take to suggest that, like, Gabby Hanna should be allowed to bounce back, but it's worth pointing out. I'm like, yeah, that is worth pointing out, but let's focus on... Just point it out, though. We don't need to continue. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Another thing, Hanna talks about basically, like, idolizing Freddie Mercury because of his, like, fuck everybody attitude. 
um, and even named one of her cats after him. And she literally said, quote, everybody made fun of Freddie Mercury, too. So she compared herself to Freddie Mercury, a queer icon. <laughs> I hate her. The oh tragic death. Yeah, it was upsetting. I'll get more upset later, too, because I have more about Freddie Mercury later. Um, but I was like, please don't do that, because he probably wouldn't have done the things that you're doing. Maybe that's a stretch for me to say that, but I give Freddie Mercury a little bit more, um, I believe in him a little more than her at this point. Anyway, um, in a little bit more vulnerable section of the interview that I appreciated and tugged at my heartstrings a little bit, because I'm far too empathetic and sympathetic, um, is that she discusses her trauma, both past and present, as she's talked about a lot, she was bullied a lot as a kid, um, but the one thing I actually learned about her, like, past trauma is that there were several points in her life where she and her family almost became homeless when she was growing up, because she has six siblings, she's, like, one of the middle kids, um, and her parents were, like, super young, when they had her, so she talked about that a little bit in the article, like, it was, like, briefly mentioned, I was like, I didn't know that at all, mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, I don't want to overstep, but, like, why are you talking about the bullying all the time? Mm-hmm. Maybe put some energy into this other thing, because that's, like, a little bit more intense, I think, to me, um, and then she talked currently about receiving a ton of negative comments on social media, typically about her body, which I said earlier I would get into this. I do think that criticisms of her and her, like, the things she said and done, totally valid. But, like, leaving gross comments on her Instagram about how you don't like her body is not cute. Adeline. Right. They also leave a bunch of comments about, like, particularly her nose. She talks about how she has, like, a fairly large nose. Um, and she's like, I hate it when people comment on that. Because one of her parents is, like, Lebanese, so she's, like, a little mm-hmm. Middle Eastern. And she was like, that's... It's it's not a like a Eurocentric feature and that's why you're kind of digging at it and I hate that. Which yeah. is valid. You can give criticisms of people without talking about their bodies because that's just a low dig. Like there's so much more to be said about Gabby Hanna than commenting on her body. It's just cheap and gross. Yeah. Not necessary. There's, there's so 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 much more to be said. Right. Right. You like, don't need to bring it up at all. Like, it's just not your business. Like, she, there's so much other stupid shit she's done and said, and actual reasons to not like her. Right. To put it on her nose or her body is just like, just chill. Like, yeah. Not to mention, like, commenting on her body and, like, making, making out of line comments and criticisms of her sort of, like, gives her an out. You know, it's her way of being like, why should I listen to any of them when they're going to be childish and make comments about my body? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not helping the cause here. Yeah. So that was a thing. Um, she also mentions in the article that she was recently diagnosed with ADHD and CPTSD, um, which was a thing. She talks more about the ADHD than anything, and she says that her, she basically claims her impulsivity from her ADHD is the reason that she keeps, like, getting into trouble. She's not willing to, like, say it, like, I keep doing these bad things. It's always framed as, like, wrong place, wrong time, 
I just, I messed up, I got in trouble. Or, yep. like, or like she's being punished for something she did, but not necessarily saying, like, I did something worth punishing. There's a difference. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's, and that's the thing that has been on, like, her TikTok a lot, is she's been, she's been talking about her ADHD on TikTok. Because um, I, I don't ever see her TikToks on my For You page, but I see people, like, stitching her TikToks and being like, mm-hmm. this is what Gabby's up to today, <laughs> um, type of thing. And, like... She talks about her ADHD all the time in, like, a either I'm fun and quirky, I have ADHD, this is a thing that I do because I have ADHD. Friendly reminder, in case I didn't tell you, I have ADHD. Hey, guys, I have ADHD. Um, and then sometimes it's, like, I did this because of ADHD. Or, like, I don't know. It, it very much feels like it she's using her ADHD as an excuse for her shitty behaviors which then makes everybody else with ADHD look bad so yeah um on a similar note I was listening to a podcast the other day Binge-topia and they were talking about how I think one of them has ADHD or like one of their friends do and they were saying like it's really not that hard to get a diagnosis for ADHD um because like it's not like they really run tests or anything it's kind of like I'm describing my behavior to you so this is not to suggest or to like fully claim that Gabby Hanna is faking having ADHD or anything but it's just worth mentioning that like receiving an ADHD diagnosis is not that difficult if you wanted to get one Mm mm-hmm um, so it's just something to be a little skeptical of, I guess. But yeah, um, in the same section, she also talks about how she sometimes is, like, very defensive very quickly, and she's, like, quick to jump off the handle, um, because she was having a hard time adjusting to, like, having all this attention all of a sudden. She kind of described herself as, like, I was kind of just this, like, drunk college kid making funny videos on Vine, and then suddenly five million people were paying attention to me, which is, like, hard to fathom. Like, as humans, numbers, like, we can't even fathom five million people or five million things in our mind. It's like, that's fair, and it's virtual, you know? It's not like they're all in front of you all the time, so it feels even weirder. Um, And because of that, she kind of has a hard time differentiating between... um, comments that she receives that are like some of them are jokes like making fun of her and some of them are supportive so like sometimes people will leave a supportive comment but she automatically assumes that they're being facetious and like sarcastic and she'll like fly off the handle and respond to them kind of brazenly once again because of her like ADHD and like trust issues that she has because of her CPTSD which is another interesting thing which I think is valid to an extent that would be a really weird change. I think so, too, but I also recognize that she's been in the spotlight for almost 10 years now. Right, like, and at the beginning, it would have been herself, different. She's gotten herself in hot water many a time. Yes. And she's done this. Like, I can understand her making mistakes. Like, I, I can understand her making mistakes full stop. I can understand her, like having a lot of problems with this with this new attention and everything at the beginning 
Um, even halfway through. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's been so long. She knows how the internet is. She, like... I don't know. It still feels like just blaming your shitty behavior on your diagnoses. Yeah. And I think something to add about her whole, like, oh, I've had a hard time adjusting to all these people suddenly paying attention to me basically overnight, other than, like, it's been a long time, it's been almost 10 years since she started gaining followers. As we'll talk about later, um, she's been pretty open that, like, she will stir up drama when it's convenient for her. Like, she will plan drama out and sit on it until she needs to promote an album or something. Mm-hmm. So, like... It's not like she's simply responding to people being mean to her. Like, she's very strategic and um, intentional about it. She's very calculated. Yeah, she calculates every move. Um, But yeah, continuing on with the article. Another quote that I pulled from the whole article from the journalist. Hannah actually replies to her detractors' comments, and when she does, it's easy to assume she's hungry for the engagement. After all, she ultimately benefits from it. But what's frustrating is that she's trying to have it both ways. To relish in being the most hated person online, like Logan or Jake Paul, while also being sensitive about it, like David Dobrik, who has not returned to online life since his apology video in March. This was in June, once again. Yeah. Um, I thought that was another interesting quote, because it's like, that, that really is what she's trying to do. She's trying to play up the fact that she's a villain, Um, which she also talks about in the interview and she says that like she's openly leaning into her role as a villain online because she thinks it's like freeing but then she's still trying to make people feel bad for her because she's the villain have you seen I think it would have been around the time this was happening she was kind of blowing up on TikTok because she was acting like straight up crazy like psychotic like making faces and like to her videos and like whatever and like it was very put on and I'm pretty sure at some point she acknowledged like oh my god I can't believe people were actually worried about me like what like I clearly was just messing with you guys yeah um and like I do believe that she was just messing with everybody but like she does that where she's like she she gaslights the whole internet constantly She's like, I am the bad guy, and I'm the bad guy, and this is what I'm doing, and I'm crazy. And don't you think I'm so crazy? Mm-hmm. And then when people are like, oh my god, Gabby Hanna needs help. She's like, you actually thought that, like, I needed, that I'm like, this is actually what I'm like? I'm a good person. I'm just putting this on, and I can't believe that you guys believe that I'm such a bad person. Like, she does that in a loop. Yep. She's, I've, it's, it's a cycle. I've seen her do it so many times at different times in different scenarios where she's like she acts in a certain way very intentionally to get that attention and then when she gets it she's like I'm not actually like that I that was an act that yeah. I put on because of this yeah Shut up. yeah she's trying to have it both ways and it's really not working um the other thing is like like I said she said that she's leaning into her role as a villain she the way she sees it is it's like I'm gonna get hate no matter what I do because I'm the villain I'm always the villain so I can do whatever I want. It's very empowering. But it's like, you're not really doing whatever you want if you're still responding to people and how they feel about you. Like, you obviously still care about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like, it's okay to care about it. 
I feel that. But like, don't, you can't do both. It's not going to work for you and it's not, it hasn't been working for you. People are seeing right through it. Yeah, um, as the article closes out, the last few things that the journalist writes is that Gabby claims to be stepping away from YouTube right now and wanting to focus on her music career. That's like her priority. And it kind of seems like she wants to step away from her life in the spotlight in general. She mentions wanting to move to Hawaii um, and open like a small business. Um, Not at all really related to what she's doing now. But that being said, she's still working on like music and her stuff. So that's obviously not something nearby on the horizon right now. Which, keep in mind, don't fucking move to Hawaii. Um, indigenous Hawaiians are literally begging people to stop moving there and stop vacationing there right now. To stay away. Right, like, stay the fuck away from Hawaii right now, people. Especially Gabby Hanna. Like, they don't need that. They're dealing with enough already. Yeah. But yeah, that is, that is the BuzzFeed interview that just absolutely snagged my attention and drew me in. It was fantastic. It was a very fun read. Um, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get to the real meat of the episode, which is talking about the scandals in a little timeline format. Alright. Um, gotta have more what, cereal first. What do we have? This is the chocolate round. The first one is Cocoa Pebbles. Which is, this one was fine. It's basically like a chocolate rice crispy. That's kind of what I'm expecting, because it is chocolate crispy treats. Yeah, I didn't hate that one. It was good. I'd eat it. Yeah, that one's not bad. I think I really like the, like, light and airy cereals better. Mm-hmm. That one's really good. I like that one yeah. a lot. Yeah. That I was one of my favorites. I actually like to do that with, like, chocolate marshmallows. Yeah? I think that might be too much chocolate for me. Sure. But yeah, that one's good. That's right, that's right at the top for me. And the other one of our chocolate round is Cocoa Puffs. I think this one, I feel like the Cocoa Puffs are, like, too big. Like, it it was fine, and I'd eat it, but it felt, they just, they feel obtrusive. Mm. I think taste-wise, it's more chocolatey than the Cocoa Pebbles, which is good. It's giving more, like, cookies and cream, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not bad, actually. I thought it was going to be, like, annoying how big the cocoa pebbles are, but I actually really like it because they're still really crunchy on the inside because they're so thick. Yeah, those are good. All right. Let's start to stop, too. I'm taking another quick break, and then we will be back with the scandals of Gabby Hanna. Welcome back. We're back. Um, we're just going to jump right into it because it's probably getting long. Yeah. It's okay. Um, and my bedtime is strictly 10 p.m. and it is 11.20 this girl is tired so we're gonna go through her scandals in chronological order before anybody says anything the first one's in 2017 i do have the jesse smile scandal in here 
but it is placed in 2021 because a lot of it is happening this year. Yeah. Just yeah, a heads up. Because even though, it, like, the beginning of it was in, like, 2014, yeah. it's really happening now. So let's get to it. Um, this one I didn't do a lot of research on because I felt, for me personally, it would be a little bit too triggering. But just a note. In 2017, she made a story time video about a classmate of hers who overdosed. I did not watch it, because like I said, I thought it would be way too triggering for me, and honestly, too triggering to talk about. Um, but yeah, she basically was like, I need story time content, I'm gonna make a story time about my classmate who overdosed. It was mentioned in an article I was reading about her, that's how I found out about it. Um, and as far as I know, it was like, she didn't really know the person, I think? So it was kind of like she heard about this story and was like, oh, I'm going to tell this story for views. Yes, and she didn't, like, talk to any of the family or friends or people who actually knew and were close to this person. Um, And I think that was where a lot of it came from. I I believe at the time um, there were people coming forward like, I can't believe she made this video. They Mm -hmm. were not friends. This is my whatever best friend brother family member whatever relative and like she never talked to any of us she didn't know him like she's getting all this attention for this tragic thing that happened yeah yeah that she doesn't deserve attention yeah she doesn't deserve attention she had no part of it like it wasn't her event to garner attention from good at all so yeah she got called up for that she posted an apology video which i also didn't watch because i didn't feel like giving that video views that was 2017. 2018, she promoted a set of makeup brushes that were free. You had I to pay shipping, but the brushes yep. themselves were free. Um, the brushes were absolute trash. Yeah, they were, like, shedding, and the bristles yep. were, like, really stiff and hard. Like, when you use brushes, particularly on your eyes, you want them to be really soft. Because so, your, your skin is really, really sensitive on your eyelids and around your eyes. And people were like these literally hurt to use and i think that this scandal was actually pretty widespread across youtube i think a lot of youtubers at the time did this yeah i think you're right i think it was like the brush company just like reached out to everybody Mm -hmm. and was like advertised this like i don't know if they paid them did affiliate links what they did exactly um but i think that there were quite a few channels that got in some trouble for that one yeah, if I remember correctly, I think there was a code. It was like you had to go on the website, and once you type in my code, the brushes are free, and then you just pay for shipping. Um, but they were really bad brushes. So you, people either got their brushes, and they were really bad, or they never even got them, like didn't arrive, and then they didn't get any refund because they didn't actually pay for a product. They only paid shipping. Um, but yeah, so she was confronted over that. Oh, another thing I was going to say is this reminded me of that thing that went around... It was way before this, because it was definitely when I was still in high school, where there was this, like, swimsuit company that was like, oh, if you share us on your Instagram story, you'll get a free swimsuit, and you just have to pay shipping and handling. It was, like, a basic-ass red one-piece, like, a lifeguard swimsuit, pretty much. And I remember that going around for a while, and I was like, that's bullshit, and I never posted it. And then, like, a few months later, I asked my friends, like, oh, where are your swimsuits? And I was like, well, they never can. I was like, mm, so it was bullshit don't say there were like a handful of things like this that i think of now um but yeah so basically people started being mad and they started like going after gabby hannah which like 
she very easily could have explained calmly, like, I didn't know this is what was going to happen, like, the ones they sent me were fine, I kind of got scammed too, um, but she basically, like, blamed her audience when she was confronted about it, and was like, this is your fault, like, my brushes are really nice, this and it's free. right, they're free, mine are really nice, so, like, you just don't believe me, or you're calling me a liar, and, like, she basically just, like, made herself the victim and got really mad and kind of confrontational with her audience. So, bad response. Like, the scandal itself was not really her fault. She could have taken some accountability, but, like, at the end of the day, it was the company's fault. Mm-hmm. But her response to it was where it's like, ooh, girl. Honey. That was not right. Yeah. But, yeah. Um... 2019 a couple things this year um this is when she stopped being friends with Trisha Paytas because she <laughs> told Trisha Paytas's then boyfriend Jason Nash that Trisha had herpes um do we get to do an episode on Trisha? we're definitely going to do an episode on Trisha Paytas because Fantastic. we have lots of thoughts we've talked about them a lot so they ended up having to make a video, Trisha made a video, in response, which is called Why I Don't Trust Gabby Hanna, which as you'll find as we go on in this scandal part, whenever people make videos in response to Gabby, they're always titled something like that, and it makes me fucking laugh. So Trisha basically had to make this whole video and be like, Gabby put my, like, not even like their sex life, like partially their sex life, but was like, they're literally putting my medical information on blast and trying to get between me and my partner. And now I have to make this whole video being like, I don't have herpes. Please stop saying that I do. That's so harmful. And it relies on like really, I don't think they said this in the video, but like that relies on really negative stereotypes about STIs. Like it's extremely likely that everybody who's sexually active is going to get herpes at some point in their lives. And for a lot of people, it just lives dormant in your body. Yeah. Like, a lot of people have herpes, and they have no fucking idea. Is it, like... I mean, there's, like, different kinds of herpes, too. So, mm-hmm. like, if you have cold sores, you have herpes. Yep. Like, mouth herpes. Yes, cold and sores like are a form of herpes. 66% of the U.S. population or some shit has herpes. Like... Yeah. It's, like, l- like more likely that you'll have herpes than you won't. Because, yeah. like I said, a lot of times it lives dormant, and, like, you never find out the symptoms of it. But, like, a lot of people are herpes carriers. So, yeah, they had to make a video about that, which sucks, and, like, um, if you're ignoring the rest of the context about Trisha, that sucks for them. Like, that one thing sucks for them. Um, not everything, (laughs) but that one thing sucks for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is also where we're getting into the Beyonce thing, where she mentioned Beyonce earlier and how she feels like she's owed an apology. She tweeted, if I could be any animal, I'd be a Beyonce. Not once thinking about, like, the fact that Beyonce is a black woman, and black women are very often compared to animals. So she tweeted that, and obviously people were like, okay, we get it, you're just trying to have, like, a viral tweet that's like, I love Beyonce, everyone loves Beyonce tweets, but, like, girl, you gotta think it through, because holy shit, that's so racist. Yeah, yeah, she had to, like, apologize for that. I'm sure she got defensive. I didn't look into that one a lot. 
this is just like a tweet. It wasn't one of her like I made a whole video and got a bunch of backlash. But yeah. she tends to things that happen on Twitter. She tends to just kind of delete them and then pretend they Stop didn't happen. About it. Yeah. But that was the whole thing. Um, I think her apology for that was a little bit more sincere too, because it was about Beyonce. Yeah. Um. And if if Beyonce's fans are against you, basically everyone's against you're you. You're done. If the Bayhive's coming for you. <laughs> but if like Jesse Smiles fan base is against you, like there's right. still a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. So that was 2019. Um, we're gonna keep ramping up every year from here. It just keeps getting bigger. Um, I'll like, change the order a little bit. Anyway, 2020, I found this really fun little thing that happened. She kind of, like, has a smear campaign against a book reviewer from the UK named Rachel Oates. Yes! So, yes, this one was fucking funny to me. So, basically, Rachel Oates reviewed Gabby's first poetry book, Adult Lessons, on, on her own. She does a lot of reviews particularly of influencer books, influencer media. So she Mm -hmm. reviewed Hannah's first book, gave it a negative review. was like, this is shit. Yeah. And then when Gabby released her second book, she sent it to Rachel to review it. Um, And then Rachel gave the second book another negative review and even said it was worse than the first one. So Gabby then proceeded to call Rachel out on her Instagram story and literally said, quote, she's not a fucking artist. I don't care about her fucking opinion because she has no accomplishment in art. I accept my criticism from talented, smart people, not abusive, toxic, exploitative bullies, bullies, buzzword, on YouTube. You're a fucking monster. I thought this was hilarious because she literally sent her the book. Like, why would you send somebody something of yours to review if you don't care about their opinion? Also, so I watched Rachel's, Rachel Oates' first video Mm -hmm. on Gabby Hanna's book because when that book came out, I was fascinated. Mm -hmm. It's so bad. It's terrible. So I was watching, like, I very intentionally get all of my information on Gabby Hanna from other people, not from Gabby Hanna's channel or Twitter account or TikTok, whatever. I don't want to give her the attention, but I would gladly watch somebody else's video talking about her. So I watched a lot of videos of people reading this adult adolescence and reviewing it. So I watched Rachel Boat's video before this whole thing happened, really. And from what I remember, Rachel Oates is, like, a nice, normal person. And she was just like, yeah, this isn't it. Like, there's much better poetry out there. Mm -hmm. This is just elementary. Yeah. Which is true. It's It's very true. It's so true. But she wasn't, like, mean about it. She wasn't like, Gabby kind of fucking sucks. Yeah. Imagine being so stupid that you think this is good poetry. Like, no, she was literally just like... It's not good. It's not for me. I don't like it. <laughs> right. And then Gabby was like, you're a fucking monster. Like, chill the fuck out. Yeah. Also, Rachel Oates, how many pull up her channel? She does not have that many viewers. Like, calm down. Yeah. Probably has more now. Right. Yeah, I'm sure she probably, like, got some views off of Gabby Hanna being like, you're a monster. 
Yeah, her videos sit around, like, somewhere between 10 and 50,000 views on average. Okay, so, like, not that many. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find the last one on Gabby Hanna, because it probably has a lot of views, because Gabby called attention to it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing I will mention about the video while you're looking for it is that Gabby's Instagram story call-out actually came a while after the review was released on purpose. Gabby's literally said, I never start drama to support stuff, but if there is drama, I, I will capitalize on that opportunity to promote something, and I'm going to take advantage of a moment. So I think that she planned this. I think this is one of her calculated things where she figured that since Rachel didn't like the first book, she wasn't going to like the second one. So she waited for that negative review to come out, and then she sat on it until she needed to, like, promote music. Because she was promote, yeah. she was releasing her second EP in 2020. Mm-hmm. So I found there are five. So remember the number I gave you before. Occasionally a video would go up to 100,000, 200,000. Mm-hmm. Like, she did a, a, a video on Jake Paul and that, or on Josh Duggar and Jake Paul. Those both got more views. Mm-hmm. Gabby Hanna's videos, or Rachel Lutz's videos on Gabby Hanna have 775,000, 1.2 million, 690,000, and 614,000. That's insane. Oh, and 331. So, like, way more than her average. That's wild. Which they wouldn't have gotten if Gabby didn't call attention to it, I'm sure. Right. Yeah, because if you're saying that someone, if you're calling somebody a fucking monster... Like, if I saw that on somebody's Instagram story, like, somebody I follow because I enjoy their content, I would totally watch that other video to be like, well, what the fuck are they saying? Like, it's gotta be really bad for that kind of response. And, okay, my my knowledge on Gabby Hanna and all of her drama has been accumulated over the last few years, because I've just always kind of been involved with it, or not involved, but, like, around it. I know you've done research, like, today, mm-hmm. so you might have more memory of this. I feel like at one point she said, I think it might have been about Rachel Oates, but I'm not for sure, but at one point she said something to the effect of, like, you talk about me, you get millions of views. I talk about you, I get millions of views, but not because it's about you, because I'm me. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've definitely, like, Rachel seen that Oates. before. It literally could but, like, be about anything. That might have been part of her Trisha Paytas thing, because they were feuding for, like, a few years. Yeah. And, like, well, I guess it's, like, when when Gabby was telling Jason that Trisha had herpes, that's when Trisha was, like, absolutely fucking not, we're not friends anymore. And ever since then, they've, like, subtweeted each other on Twitter all the time or, like, made casual digs about each other. Um, when, when Trisha left Frenemies a while ago, um, Gabby actually took that opportunity to reach out to the other host of Frenemies and ask if she could be on the show. Oh, Jesus. Because she was, she literally tweeted something about, like, he tweeted something and was like, I'm never gonna let that happen because even though Trisha left the show, I would, I wouldn't want to disrespect her like that. Like, this is still kind of her legacy. And Gabby literally, quote, tweeted it and was like, I have the right to use the platform that was used against me to defend myself like she thinks she has a right to be on their podcast 
oh my god, she's probably gonna hit us up and try to do an interview with us or something because she has the right to defend herself on our platform. Dude, if she does, we're doing it. Absolutely, <laughs> I'd be like, babes, we have like eight followers, but if you want to, I'm game. Let's do it. She'd be like, let's you'll get millions of lessons. That bitch. <laughs> launch us into stardom i think my life would peak if i ended up on gabby hannah's instagram story being called like toxic and a bully and a monster oh my god yeah i would frame that yeah <laughs> i found my living room art yeah literally just blown up shots of her tagging i have us on so much story. space on one of these walls in my apartment if right when you walk in you would see it blown up like a yeah. mural but yeah. Gabby Hanna drama. Yeah. So that's Gabby Hanna and Rachel Oates. Um, we're going to get into the big one now. I decided to do um, the big Jesse Smiles one before Escape the Night because I don't want to end on the Jesse Smiles one. Because no. it's a little yeah. bit of a downer. Nothing against it. Like, not to be like, we can't end on the one about sexual assault because it's sad. But, like, yeah. it's kind of hard to come back from that. Um, yeah. So, anyways. We're in 2021 now, and we're going to talk about Jessie Smiles, or um, her other, her real name is Jessie Vasquez, which is how I will be referring to her. So let's give some background here. So Jessie Vasquez was known on Vine as Jessie Smiles. She got pretty popular on Vine. She and Gabby met each other through Vine. Um, in 2013, Vasquez was in a relationship with another person on Vine, Curtis Lepore. Curtis Lepore was also extremely popular on Vine. Curtis Lepore was arrested in October of 2013 on rape charges. He later pleaded guilty to felony assault, although it was dropped to a misdemeanor. So he was never charged with rape, he was only charged with assault, to be clear. Um, so from here on out, we, can, we cannot call him a rapist, we can only call him an alleged rapist because legally... We could get in trouble if we call him that because that's not what he was found guilty of. Anyway, um, Vesca's statement says that she was she had a concussion um, and she was unconscious and Lepore assaulted her while she was unconscious. The news of this actually didn't break until January of 2014, so about four months after the fact. Um, this is before Gabby Hanna knew Vesquez or Lepore personally. Um, but obviously when it happened, all, like, the big Viners were kind of, like, it was blown up. It was very big on Twitter at the time. Um, and Gabby Hanna tweeted some of the following things. OMG Vine right now. Surprised emoji. Laughing, crying emoji. Hold up, where's my popcorn? Um, BJ Cavillo, a Vine, a Viner... He made some pretty good videos. Tweeted, Vine is going to be odd for a little while. Hopefully we can all mind our damn business and not add any more fuel to this fire. A good tweet. A good tweet from a good man. Um, to which Gabby retweeted and said, fuck that, make it nasty. Oh my god. Um, there's also a deleted comment. Or a deleted reply. Uh, or no, there's a deleted tweet that I couldn't actually find the tweet, but... Um, based on the replies to the tweet, you can still see the replies, you just can't see the original tweet. Um, Gabby tweeted something about the accusation being fake, because the replies were calling her out for saying that Jesse was lying. Um, 
Gabby later confirms the existence of this tweet in a phone call, which we'll talk about in a little bit, with Vasquez, um, which was recorded and released to the public. And Gabby also claimed that that tweet was about someone else she knows who was falsely accused of sexual assault. So some sort of tweet saying that, like, I think Jesse is lying, blah, 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 something about false sexual assault allegations. And she's trying to claim that she was tweeting about her friend who was falsely accused of sexually assaulting someone. Um, So there's that. Hannah also liked Lepore's tweet slash statement that he released that said something along the lines of there's two sides to every story. Um, She also replied to one of his tweets with the lyrics, beware, beware, beware of a woman with a broken heart, which implies that Vasquez was making up the accusations because they had broken up and she was heartbroken. So, Jessie ended her friendship with uh, Gabby Hanna in 2015. So that was a while ago. And then we move up to 2020 slash 2021. In 2020, um, Jessie and Gabby had a phone call, like a three hour long phone call with each other. Um, But the public wasn't made aware of the phone call until June of 2021. Basically, there was a lot of, like, talking about each other without saying names going on. All of this, like, was coming back up because people were like, just a reminder that Gabby Hanna is a rape apologist. Um, So Gabby Hanna's trying to, like, backtrack and defend herself. And Jesse's like, you're lying. So eventually, Vasquez released part of the phone call like, released part of the recording of the phone call on Twitter. Um, And in in an attempt to, like, make herself look better and defend herself, Gabby released the full phone call in July, so last month. The full three-hour-long phone call, the whole recording, she, like, posted it. So, in the call, here are some of the things that happened in it. Gabby Hanna claims that Curtis Lepore FaceTimed her, Um, recorded their conversation and edited the audio to make it sound like Gabby was saying phrases like, Jesse is a liar. I believe you. She also claims that Lepore used this edited audio, these edited audio clips to blackmail Hannah into one, supporting him publicly. It's like making these tweets and calling Jesse a liar publicly and to star in some of his YouTube videos in 2016. Because she did continue to have a working relationship with Curtis Lepore, even after TMZ broke the news about the rape allegations in 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, meanwhile, he wasn't on the phone call. This is just another thing. Um, Lepore has since claimed that Gabby called him. Gabby FaceTimed him and made those statements. It's not edited audio. Those are literal clips of her saying that word Which- for word. Gabby has a history of claiming that also. She claimed it even with the phone call. She she says that the the clip that that Jesse released was highly edited to make it sound like she was saying things that she wasn't saying. And Jesse said, like, no, that's I, I did edit the clip, but I edited it for like length. So yeah. I just like cut out cut things out, but I made sure that the, the point stood. And, like, once Gabby released the three-hour one, like, that was going to clear her name or something, but it's it just proved Jesse right. Like, yeah. Jesse edited it 
for length and just made it a shorter clip, but it was the same thing. So I would not be surprised at all if she actually said those things and then was like, mm, no, he edited it to make it sound like I said that. Yeah. I also wouldn't be surprised if he did that because he seems to be a scumbag. So Right. He's, he's sketchy too. Like not, I don't want to give him too much like credit, but like yeah. they're both like... Vesquez has even said that she thinks they're both liars. She's like, I don't trust either one of them, and neither should you. Yeah. Um, and I believe her. She believes survivors here. Um, so, yeah, that happened. Um, some more things that happened on the call that are, like, a little bit less about the rape allegations and Curtis Lepore. Um, Hannah and Vasquez also discussed Hannah's video, her story time she did about stealing her ex-friend's boyfriend. She never mentions anybody by name, but it's about Jesse. Um, and Gabby confirms it. She Mm -hmm. found Vasquez's ex-boyfriend, not Curtis Lepore, a different boyfriend, on OkCupid, and they were chatting, and he suggested that they should have sex to get back at Vasquez. Um, so Vasquez is a little bit mad about that, and was like, I thought we were friends, blah, 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 and Gabby Hanna's basically like, she basically, literally, like, basically says, if I wanted to fuck him, I would, so stop saying that I did. Like, it's not a big deal. I didn't have sex with him, but if I wanted to, I would have. Which is like, that That doesn't help the situation. Like, you... That's not that's, an that's apology. That's the opposite. Like, you literally it's... wanted to, like, fuck her friend to get back at her, and they almost... I yeah. think Gabby and the ex almost made a video together about yeah. Jesse to, like, expose her. Mm-hmm. So, that was another thing they discussed. Um, back to the rape allegations. Um... Gabby Hanna blames Jesse Vasquez for her being called a rape apologist. Like, she straight up says it on the phone call, I blame you, which is huge victim blaming. The whole thought process there is, if you would have never gotten assaulted, this never would have happened. And Vasquez brings up that she's never called her that. She's like, I never called you that. Somebody tweeted that. It's like, I'm not responsible for what other people say. I'm also not responsible for your actions. Which led to Gabby Hanna, one calling Vasquez an abuser, like literally use that word, and that led to the podcast episode with the phrase high school fucking bully in it, which mm-hmm. subsequently became another meme. Another meme, yeah. Um, that also, so like, oh, I just started a sentence and then drew a total blank. What was the last thing you said about, oh, so blaming, blaming Jesse yeah. for... Um, what people on the internet are saying. Gabby has done that with Jesse as well, and, like, obviously Jesse's friends uh, are, like, really protective over her. Um, so Jesse's friends would tweet things and be like, yeah, Gabby Hanna did this, or I don't know. I, I don't... I'm, I'm talking, like, Jen Dent, I think, is one of the big ones in this. Um, Jen mm-hmm. would tweet things about Gabby and Gabby would turn around and then message, like, she would blackmail Jesse and be like, if you don't get your friend to delete this tweet, I'm gonna release this. If you don't get your friend to do what I want, I'm gonna, I'm gonna release this thing exposing you, or whatever. Yeah. And it got to a point where Jesse had to be like, I don't care. Do it. I, I don't have control over my friends. They're not my puppets. Yeah. Like, I can't tell Jen. Jen is like, from what I understand, I think Jen's older than the rest of them. If I, if she's who I'm thinking she is. Hold on. Um, but 
Yeah, I think she's older than the rest of them. So, like, when... When they were... Uh, why can't I find this? When this is, like, all happening it, for in the first place, Jen... I'm pretty sure Jen is, like, a real adult with kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jen is 47. So, like, if Jen wants to tweet something and talk about Gabby Hanna, she's gonna do it. And she's not gonna, like wait for permission from Jesse to do so, right. you know? So she tweets something, being her own damn person, and Gabby would, like, reach out to Jesse and be like, she has to delete that or I'm gonna expose you. And this was a thing that happened, from what I understand, more than once. And everything that anybody does or says about Gabby related to Curtis Lepore in this whole situation she automatically blames fully on Jesse. So all this backlash that she's gotten, everything that's happened, she 100% blames on Jesse. Mm-hmm. Even though Jesse's like, I just want to stop talking about it. Yeah. The last video I watched of Jesse, she was like, I'm so done. Like, this is something that, like, I'm done with. I'm so over this being a, pub- a public topic every year. Every single year, it comes up again, and I have to relive all this trauma and I don't want to do it. Yeah. But because Gabby drags it up every year, I have to keep talking about it. I have to keep addressing it to protect myself. And, like, it's so shitty. Like, she just wants yeah. to move on. Like, yeah. Jesse either has a kid or is pregnant. I don't remember. I think she has a kid now. Okay, I couldn't remember when I knew she was pregnant. But, like, she's married with a kid. And, like, she's moved on. Like, mm-hmm. she's... She's got her own shit going on. And she still has to just, like, double back every year to talk about Gabby in this situation that I'm sure she's sick of hearing about. Right. And sick of thinking about and talking about and having brought back up all the time. Because Gabby needs to blame somebody and Gabby needs to make herself relevant again before she releases music. Yep. It's funny. So it's funny you bring up music because this is the last note that I wrote about the phone call that made me laugh out loud, actually. This was an iconic moment on Jesse's part. Hannah also claims on the phone call, so at the time her second EP was coming out, this was, the phone call was last year, right? She goes on to claim that Vasquez's timing is intentional so as to hurt Hannah's music career. And Vasquez says she doesn't keep up with Hannah with Hannah's music release schedule. Who the fuck does? It was literally like, girl, I'm not paying any mind to when you're releasing your shitty music. Literally, the only reason I know somewhat when Gabby releases music is because she always ends up in the forefront before she does it. Because she brings some stupid shit up. Yeah, or her music becomes a meme. Like, it, like, becomes an ironic thing. Right, it becomes an ironic sound to use on TikTok or something. Yeah. But I've never actually listened to her music. No. I think there was one song of hers, like, one of her first ones, or her first one, I don't remember. But when she released it, I listened to it, and I was like, not for me, and then never listened to any of her music ever again. Yeah. And I think this is a really good example of how um, Gabby was probably using this to boost her own music career, so it's wild that she's accusing Jessie of that. And I think it really shows that Gabby will do 
whatever she needs to do to stir up drama to gain attention, even if it means she's doing something super, super traumatic to somebody else that she claims to have been her friend at some point in order to produce her shitty-ass music. She's horrible. Kind of scummy. She's a scummy person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of like the Jesse Smiles, Jesse Vasquez, and Gabby Hanna. That's the short version. There's a lot more than that yeah, still. If you wanted so to go back to further and talk about like the subtweets and mentioning each other in videos without mentioning names because I don't want to talk like basically Jesse didn't want to address the fact they weren't friends anymore. She just wanted to like keep that private. But Gabby tries to, like, dredge it up all the time. Like, Rhiannon was saying, like, she just loves bringing it up because she knows that it's, like, her most controversial thing she's been involved in and she gets the most attention from it. So it's, like, there's a lot more if you wanted to get into, like, the nitty-gritty details of it. But we won't for the sake of time because we still have one more scandal from this year to talk about. <laughs> and that is Escape the Night. Um... All my info for this is based on a Vulture article, and I wrote a note about it that, like, the author of this article is also well aware that Gabby Hanna loves to stir up drama when it's convenient for her. Because this drama happened in 2021, but all of it actually took place in 2019. All the filming for this season was in 2019, but all the drama came forward in June of 2021. So, Hanna was busy in June. Yeah. Anyway, so this is how it all starts. In June of 2021, Gabby Hanna accused uh, Joey Graceffa and Daniel Prada, Prada, I don't know how to say his name, of being unaccommodating of her diet restrictions on set. She wanted, like, healthy foods. She said there were none. Anything she ate, like, caused her to bloat. She was uncomfortable in her costume. And she, like, she was like, I have dietary restrictions that are not being met. She also said that she was being put into costumes that she didn't want to be in. Um, and as retaliation for, like, arguing with Graceffa and bringing forth her complaints, she was written out of the show after only four episodes or so. She says this in a video on her YouTube channel, I believe. She did admit in the video that she was kind of a drama queen. She owns up to that. But she said that she's mostly mad because she never received any apologies from the production team. Within 24 hours... Joey Graceffa was on top of that shit. Posted a new video. Another great video title called Gabby Hanna Needs to Stop. (laughs) And he goes all in. He said that food was immediately purchased from Whole Foods after Gabby complained about her, like, dietary needs and made her requests. And the reason that food wasn't already there for her is because she never filled out the pre-filming paperwork that said, like, do you have any dietary restrictions? She didn't fill that out. She showed up on the first day of filming and said, oh, I didn't fill it out. I hope that's okay. This, These are my dietary restrictions. So, like, they were supposed to fill it out and turn it in beforehand so that production could have this food ready right. for them if they needed. She didn't do that. So they had to, like, last minute figure out exactly what was going on, get her whatever, and, like, Joey, who's the other one? Daniel? Is that what you said? Daniel Prita, yeah. Yeah, so Daniel, from what I understand, like, took it upon himself, well, like, in, like, the, like, he was a producer on the show, like, he was a major part of the show, he himself was going to Whole Foods to get her food. Yes. Because they wanted her on the show, and she didn't 
fill out the paperwork. Mm-hmm. And then he had to drop everything to do this. Mm-hmm. And she still had the gall to complain about it. Yep. Continue. So she didn't fill out these uh, forms before the show. But you know what she did do? She approved her costume. She also Which didn't she show up. About. She she approved her costume and didn't show up for fittings. Mm-hmm. So she said, like, yeah, I can wear that. Didn't show up for fittings and then was mad that her clothes didn't fit. Yep. Because I think it was Roseanne. I don't know her last name. I just know her as Ro. And she has a sister named Mo and she does, like, baking. Pensino. Yeah. 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 Because um, I think her and or... Miranda Sings. Also don't know her actual name. Um, but they were... Colleen Ballinger. Yes. They were supposed to be there at the same time. Also, I'm pretty sure Colleen had, like, just had a baby and was, like, breastfeeding while doing all of this. Yes. And, like, Gabby's like, I just can't put up with it. Like, okay, you don't have a newborn. Whatever. Um, but (laughs) one or both of them was supposed to have fittings the same day as Gabby Hannah. And she just never showed up for any of them. Mm-hmm. And then complained that her costume didn't fit right. Yeah. Like, queen, show up for fittings. Yeah. Um, I th- How are they supposed to know? I think it was Rosanna Pensino, because she was one of the people from that season that after Joey and Daniel released their own videos about it, posted, like, statements on social media yeah. to be like, yes, I'm supporting everything that they said. Like, their accounts are true. Gabby's yeah. lying. Um, so yeah, Gabby approved her costume, but didn't show up to any fittings. Another little side note that I thought was fucking hilarious. So Joey's video is called Gabby Hannah Needs to Stop. Gabby posted another, a video on her YouTube channel called Gabby Hannah Needs to Stop. And it's like three and a half minutes long, and it's just her sitting in her kitchen singing Queen songs acapella. (laughs) I tried watching it. Because I was like, wait, what is this? What do you mean? Like, I thought this was Joey's video. So I click on it, and then she's just singing a Queen song. And I was like, what? And then I skipped through it a couple times, and she's just, like, really slowly singing, like, We Are the Champions in her kitchen and, like, holding her cat. And I was like, this is so bad. I couldn't watch it. It was so cringy. I was, like, freaking out. Because, you know, she idolizes Freddie Mercury because they're both, like, hated by society, apparently. Yeah. So, that was a thing. Um, Daniel Prita posted his own response, in which he called out Hannah's behavior on set, and basically was like, it was a lot more than you being a drama queen. He said that she even went as far as calling a production assistant a dumb fucking cunt, because they changed her call time by 15 minutes. Good. So, he was like, you weren't being a drama queen. You were being like, he didn't say these words. You were being a bitch. Also funny that she used cunt as an insult to somebody and has decorative cunt Mm -hmm. in her house. Full circle. Like, are we reclaiming or are we still using the word? Like, you can't... Yep. What is that? Is that like BFF to you? Are you besties? Yeah. Are you... You dumb fucking bestie. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, there was like overwhelming support from. I'm gonna start saying that to you when you do stupid shit. You text me and you're like, Rhiannon, I did something stupid. You dumb fucking bestie. 
I'm gonna start saying cunt to people on the street and be like, don't worry, it means bestie. Yes. And see how long it takes me to get punched in the face. Yeah, do it. But yeah. She obviously got a little wrapped up in her other drama with Jesse, so mm-hmm. she didn't really give this one as much attention. Um, no. but that was kind of a fun one where like she really didn't have any fucking excuses there and everybody she was like, nothing. You're totally lying out of your ass right now. Not a leg to stand on. Yeah, and like I said, um, this happened two years ago. She's just now talking about it because she probably wanted to make herself look better in light of everything happening with Jesse and was like, oh, I need a quick win. I also think part of what she does is she just has like a folder. Yeah. You know, okay, the in a SpongeBob SquarePants movie, um, when Plankton is like plan A's through Y, and then she's like, what about Z, whatever. I think she just has, like, folders of, like, oh, this is this plan, this one, and then she just, like, picks four at a time, and throws them out, and sees what sticks. I think, and then just I think she has one of those things that secretaries used to have, that was, like, a little contact book, where, yeah, it's, like, a little, like, cylinder, and it's all on there, mm-hmm. and they just, like, like, a Rolodex, that's what it is. Yeah. She just has, like, a Rolodex of scandals to pull out whenever she needs attention index cards and she's just like ah yes escape the night smiles (laughs) (laughs) i think that's exactly how her brain works i think so too but yeah that was uh all we know so far obviously there's probably gonna be more happening after this but that's all we know for now so um i'm gonna eat more cereal with marshmallow and then we'll take a break and we'll come back and wrap up second to last one is lucky charms Okay, so I was actually really excited about that one, Lucky Charms. That's kind of why I thought um, oh no, the marshmallows are falling apart. But the marshmallows f- didn't stay. So, like, eating it was a pain. Yeah, like, you can kind of see. Yeah. Apart right the the marshmallows kind of just, like, disintegrated. Um, and my cereal was super stale, so, like, it just it didn't work well for me in the end. And it was, like, fine. What makes sense? The marshmallows kind of melted into the... Into the marshmallow. Yeah. It's not terrible. And then, I think I know what your last one is. Is it Reese's Puffs? Oh, yeah. I really liked that one. My favorite cereal. Yeah, I love Reese's Puffs as well. Um, again, I would love it if the pieces were smaller just because then there's, I don't know, it feels more right to me, but it's still good and it's Reese's. Um, yeah. Fucking delicious. Yeah. This one's actually so good. Yeah. Yeah, I did like that one. I think that's the only one that I took more than, like, one or two bites of because I was just, like, basically just eating Reese's puffs at that point. I'm trying to dig to the bottom where, like, the ones that aren't covered in marshmallow are. <laughs> so you can just eat some Reese's Puffs. They're so good. Yeah. I mean, clearly we love Reese's on this podcast. Reese's Puffs, Reese's Puffs. Peanut butter chocolate flavor. Oh, you're younger than I am. Oh, God, gross. It's all stuck together now. She just, like, lifted up the... So... 
they're in like plastic single serve bowls like you would get for like school breakfast you know mm -hmm. um and she poured the marshmallow on it and mixed it up but there's just like this solidified marshmallow on the bottom so she just picked it up and the whole bottom just like white Mmm. Sounds delicious. Delicioso. Alright, we're gonna take a break and we'll be back to close out really quick. Welcome back from the break. We're gonna close out really quick because this is already a really long episode. So this is our first episode in our YouTube series. We're gonna do more YouTubers. We've already discussed doing Trisha Paytas, Sarah Shower, Jenna Marbles. So it'll be a mix of like good and bad. It's gonna be a mix of like the controversial ones that we really don't support and the ones that we really love. Um, I'm contemplating doing a David Dobrik episode, but I'm not sure if I'm fully committed to it yet. Um, yeah, this is our first one. Let us know what you think. If you like this series, even if you don't like it, we're going to keep doing it. Um, but if you have I'm any about it. suggestions for content creators yeah. you would like to hear us talk about, we can definitely take some input Please on that. Know. But yeah, welcome back. Welcome back to my queens. This is a good one to come back on. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling good about being back. and I'm excited to do this again. Welcome um, to season two premiere. Yeah. Um, we plug our socials as normal. We're on anchor.fm slash podcast. You can leave us voice messages there. So that's where you can answer our questions about what kind of content creators you want to see or what you thought of this episode or other ideas you have. You can also find us on Twitter at Podcast. You can tweet at us. I always post stuff about one of the episodes are coming out on there. You could DM us if you really wanted to. Um, and since we're back into the thick of it, we will be posting new episodes bi-weekly. So... Look forward to an episode two weeks from now about another YouTuber whose name I have not decided yet. I might also at some point, if we're talking about YouTubers and content creators, force Courtney to allow me to do an episode on Minecraft YouTube. <laughs> Rhiannon can do a solo episode on Minecraft YouTube, and then I'll do a solo episode on... Why does it have to be YouTube? a solo episode? Every other episode is you teaching me about something. Why don't I do... Yeah, but we have mutual interest in the topic. Not always. I don't give two shits about vampires. Hey, that was a fun episode. And Minecraft YouTube could be fun, too, if you weren't a bitch about it. I just don't like Minecraft YouTube. Okay, well... Fuck off, I, feel I like guess. Working with middle schoolers has made me not like it that much. I guess. Go ahead and make the decisions. I won't talk about Minecraft anymore. It's oh frowned God. upon in this neighborhood. Alright, Rin's being a drama queen. It's past midnight. I need to fucking go to bed because I have to work tomorrow. I forgot how we usually end this. It's been a while. I think usually one of us says something stupid and then we just close it out. It's gonna have to be um, you this time. If you're wondering about what kind of decision you should make this week, ask yourself, would Gabby Hanna do this? And if she would, don't fucking do it. Okay. Solid advice. Alrighty. Goodbye. Bye. Music.
Music for this podcast, courtesy of Girls Like You by Stephen Kartenberg, obtained from ccmixter.org. This episode of Bi Queens and all other episodes of Bi Queens can be streamed exclusively on Spotify. Viewpoints and opinions shared by Courtney and Rhiannon do not reflect the viewpoints and opinions of their respective employers.